Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. Didn't get any assurances for anything. You know, life's uncertain. We don't we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, the next day. Or we only know what's happened in the past. So, to me, it just was excited about the possibility of that. You know, my thoughts would be that he would be here. I know that these two want him to be here. You know, at the end of the day, that's, that's going to be up to them. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Odell Beckham Jr. press conference uh, basically acting as a uh, representative for the Baltimore Ravens. He says the Ravens want him back. We'll see how things play out. But more importantly, and it has been speculated a little bit, Hunter Hughes, um, there was no assurance in Odell Beckham Jr. making his decision to be a Baltimore Raven with a lot of that backloaded money. There was no ins- there was no assurance uh, in uh, in him taking that contract that Lamar Lamar Jackson would be their quarterback. What does that tell you after uh, after hearing that earlier today? It kind of gives us a window into kind of what's going on. I, I couldn't help whenever they signed Odell that it almost felt like, oh, maybe the Lamar stuff is being handled. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they're at least on the path to getting some things figured out. But him kind of clarifying right that, um kind of kind of shows that they're a little bit away from making that a done deal. So mm-hmm. to me it's a little alarming. Uh, oh, okay. I, I thought that this would be a way to kind of secure that a little bit, but that's seems like two separate transactions, right? It's now. interesting. You, you you read it in a in an alarming sense. I think I read it a little bit differently. I almost read it like, hey, um, you know, Lamar isn't a, a done deal or, or there's there's nothing there that says I'm here because he's going to be here. But um, I, I took it as him joining the chorus of everybody wanting Lamar to be like, hey, we're all kind of on the same page. We all want it to happen. So I'm going to if my voice can help in making that happen and, you know, I'm not I'm not no random five string wide fifth string wide receiver. I'm OBJ. Mm-hmm. Um, then I think I can do my part in making that happen. And, and I, I took that more as, um, you know, kind of a sign that he's got hope more than uh, more than what we've seen here recently because the other adults haven't been able to, to, to make anything happen. Sure. I think he's optimistic for his own sake. Okay. Uh, if I was Odell, I wouldn't want to be getting passes thrown to me by Huntley. You were about to, to go where I was going. If, if if that is what you're thinking that that's optimistic, man, um, you're either taking a real chance that's or right. you're really not showing your cards. That, that That's right. Or so, you just don't know what you're doing. Mm, could be a combination of both. Because, I mean, Lamar Jackson – and. A lot of the stuff being thrown around today, we are close to the draft. Lamar Jackson could be a New York Jet um, after the draft if things between the Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets don't work out with Aaron Rodgers. He could be a Jet. He could be a Houston Texan. Um, The Texans have some decisions, plenty of decisions that they need to make with their roster. Um, It it looks more like OBJ is taking a leap of faith. Yeah. Then he is making, you know, and hey, I want to uh, go here because I want to win a ring kind of a decision. Yeah. Uh, but it'll be interesting. I, I, if, if, let me put you in, in the Lamar Jackson shoes. Okay. If you're Lamar Jackson 
and you see OBJ signed to your team, the same team that you can't come to an agreement with, yeah. are you feeling better? Are you feeling worse? Are you feeling indifferent? If I am Lamar Jackson? Yes. Right now, getting Odell officially signed with the Ravens, to me, because I'm not getting a whole lot of attention from other teams right now, um, I, f- I like my chances of blowing up this year stats-wise, mm-hmm. proving maybe to the whole league someone signed me after this season to a serious contract. I'm worth it. Um, yes, this isn't where I ultimately want to be with the Ravens, but I get to play with a top-tier receiver. We might even make a run. This is a good situation, and in in all um, in all fairness, Josh, they don't ha- he doesn't have to go to a new team, reinvent an offense, whole new personnel, whole new system, whole new coaching staff. He already knows what he's going to get there from the Ravens. And in my mind, um, the unrestricted you know franchise tag doesn't seem all that bad to me. However, mm-hmm. I've never made anything <laughs> close to that. So right. um, it might be a different. Uh, level of thought at that point. But to me, signing Odell is a serious bargaining chip for me to stay. You and I have never uh, never had to work on contracts that are eight figures long. I've never even dreamed that high, unfortunately. I, that's, that's a pretty high place to dream. Uh, Lamar Jackson has been in the news for uh, other reasons because Ben Roethlisberger was talking about him on the uh, football and podcast mm-hmm. that Ben Roethlisberger has now that he is uh, in retirement. And there's a lot of criticism toward Ben uh, because of something that he said, which I think may have been taken a little bit out of context. The line that has been kind of thrown around in the media uh, that that he has said is, I quote, you don't fear him just sitting in the pocket and picking you apart, close Mm. quote. That's the one part of the line. It's not the whole line, but it's um, it's it's one part of the line. You know, Roethlisberger, and, and this is more of that quote. He said, and I quote, with Lamar, you want to bring safeties down to help the run. You don't really fear Lamar's accuracy all the time. He's got a huge arm. He can make things happen when he scrambles, but you don't fear him just sitting in the pocket and picking you apart. Mm. This is the context part that most people aren't you know, looking at on Twitter. Uh, so you bring safeties down because you do fear him running because he's a different level runner, so you fear that. But now... If you've got that guy on the outside, you better put a safety back or it's one-on-one. You can just throw it to him. So it definitely creates some potential opportunities for that offense um, you know, for uh, and for Lamar to run if he has to or take those big shots down the field if he needs to if they bring those safeties down. Close quote. That's, um, that's what he talked about with the addition of Odell Beckham Jr. Do you hear a slight in that at all from Ben? No, not at all. I, I feel that, like that's extremely high praise uh-huh. and stuff that we all already know right. about him. Um, I don't really give the knee injury much attention. Uh, you've got a borderline veteran receiver now, uh, with, and he's a Super Bowl champion now after the Rams won it two years ago. He's someone you can plug and play right now and your offense immediately bumps up 10 clicks in my mind. So this is, you know, he throws, throws out pro bowl numbers just about every year that he does play and he is healthy. He's going to make your team better. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have a hard time thinking that Ben Roethlisberger who would know a little something about having a strong arm, 
maybe he doesn't know anything about having the need for speed. But he knows something about being able to burn defenses with his ability to throw the football. Um, I I don't see Ben as someone that would would take down someone that he has battled against in his own division for you know for several years. Yeah, uh, he knows he knows quarterbacks. He knows accuracy. He knows inaccuracy. Um, and I and I think he's kind of right. I I think. This is this is just the bummer part about how the media got sucked into this today. Yeah. Because I, you know how different it is. You take that one part of the quote, which is all of oh gosh, I don't know what eight words. Yeah. Uh, you you take that one part of the quote, and then you read the whole thing like I did, and you put it in context, and you think, man, that sounds so different. Because mm. that first part, if I didn't give you the rest of the terminology yeah. that, that he gave you, and I just gave you that one line. What would you have thought? Can you repeat the line again? Uh, yes, as soon as my computer allows me to go back and read the line. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, my computer's been funky today. You notice I have a I have an external mouse now because this one doesn't like to click for whatever reason. Go. All right, the um, the the line that you saw retweeted a- around is quote, "You don't fear him just sitting in the pocket and picking you apart." Mm. That's it. Critical. Okay, that's the, that's what I thought. But um, honest and someone that you, as another guy in the conference, another quarterback mm-hmm. who understands play at a very high level, I respect what he has to say. Yeah. So it's not just another media guy talking about he doesn't have the ability in the pocket. This is someone who actually knows what he's talking about. Although not to say that another media guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I hold uh, the the words from a former uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback a little heavier talking sure. about quarterback play is, is what I'm saying. Sure, sure. Yeah. You, you've given me flashbacks to that one. Um, uh, gosh, it was it was was it Tuesday? I think it was that one draft prospect who didn't like what some what what one member of the media said about him. Basically, said he shouldn't play left tackle. Mm. Um, he should only play right tackle. And then he went on to uh, uh, went to DM the guy on Twitter and. Without saying some of the obscene things that yeah. he said, uh, basically said, "When did you play? And when did anybody, you know, deserve to take your advice on you know, what position I should play?" Which then got sent out over the internet. I think by that same guy or somebody else showed everybody how he handled criticism about. Uh, oh, this guy said I shouldn't play left tackle, and then somebody else comes back and says, "Oh yeah, he's off my draft board now." Because he didn't handle criticism, mm. um, which you know normally you would think of something for the combine, right? Yeah. Um, Tanner, Tanner knows what I'm talking about. You're the one that sent this to me. Um, what am I missing? I think you're saying that. Am I missing something in this? Because I, I see you across the wall. I what did I miss? It was mostly a joke. And he I... said he's off my draft board oh. because immediately afterwards he said, "Pro." He's like, "Just watch some Dewan Jones tape." Here's some pros I found. Pro has not insulted me in my DMs as of late. It uh, doesn't necessarily tell us if the off the draft board thing's a joke or not. I think but I think the guy was joking. Yeah. He there's some humility that some sports writers that some sports writers have. Some keywords. Some. Some. Some are very. And, you know, um, the ones I would actually use are every voter for baseball's Hall of Fame. Uh, well, maybe not every voter, but a good chunk of them that still don't want to see Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's those sports writers that 
care so much about themselves uh, and, and make their opinions feel a little bit, you know, too too big. But in this case, look, I don't blame a reporter for being like, yeah, I don't think he should play a left tackle. Um, if he covers the draft and he covers some of these prospects and how they're going up, um, you know, if you laugh at it all at the end of the day or not, it doesn't matter. I respect the guy for doing his job, mm-hmm. being a draft analyst and being able to say, yeah, I don't think he should play left tackle. Sure. And again, I'm not throwing any shade towards the yeah, yeah, me- yeah. media member, but when it comes from the mouth of someone who's actually done it, right? as, a, as an athlete myself, I can't help but be a little bit partial towards oh, of course. his experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, you know, going back to what we were talking about with the quote, he then went on to add a further context, which right. helped kind of iron out those wrinkles, if right, you will. Right, right. And, yeah. and that's where, uh, you know, social media sometimes does not do its job. Or mm. people who use – it's actually – it's not social media not doing its job. It's people who use social media who don't do their jobs and then just, you know, click retweet and, and heart as compared to actually going to the podcast and listening to it, uh, which would, would make a big, big difference. Uh, let's get our M. Dyer Global scoreboard here. It's brought to you by M. Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. If you are a Yankees fan, look away. Well, I mean, if you're driving, no, don't look away. Tanner look look forward. This. Look forward. Um, if you are a uh, Yankees fan, um, just go da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da while I read the score because you won't want to hear it. Uh, bottom of the eighth inning. Ready? In your car? Make your noise. It's 11-1. Twins leading the New York Yankees, bottom of the eighth inning. You can stop making the noise now. The Yankees fans didn't want to hear that after being down 9 nothing after half an inning. It was awful. And I realized some of them who stopped making noises now just heard that part. Uh, <laughs> 11-1 Twins. It's in the bottom of the eighth inning. If you want to listen to that, uh, CBS 1500 is where you can go for that. The uh, Lotte Championship. Am I seeing some breaking news? I am. Uh, Christina Kim who is two shots off the lead mm-hmm. at the Lotte Championship, is going to join us coming up at 4.30 this afternoon. Nicely done, partner. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, Christina Kim. Um, this is one of the um, best, I think, um, you know, sets of rounds I think she's had in a while. So uh, good first. She shot a 67 today. Uh, two strokes back of Eugene Sung and uh, Nathakrita Vangtadvlip. Um, they're both at eight under par. Georgia Hall at seven under par. Christina Kim and two others are at six under par. Uh, so Christina Kim coming up at uh, at four thirty, and then uh, the NBA playoffs is the day off today. Uh, play and tournament resumes tomorrow. We'll have that here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, coming up, uh, I we haven't even talked about this, but I know that there is a rule change that is uh, we're going to see in the USFL this year. USFL kicks off Saturday. Mm-hmm. A lot of people believe. It should be added to the NFL. I think you and I are going to disagree on this one. We'll talk about that next. Off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. You know, he mentioned the uh, Lotte Championship just a moment ago, and uh, I should have mentioned you got two um, well-known local golfers trying to make it. Uh, golf Channel, go down. <laughs> Tanner Hayworth does not watch enough golf. There you go. 
Uh, one two one six, Tan Man. One two one six. This is this is educational uh, for for our boy back in the studio. Um, <laughs> two well-known local golfers that are in the field at the Lotte Championship. Uh, Mariel Galdiano uh, looks like uh, she is going to miss the cut. She has uh, wrapped up her second round. And uh, I, I, I saw her score just a moment ago, and I totally lost it. Seven over par. She was three over for her round today. Uh, cut line is at one over. Um, but we are watching Allison Corpus from Punahou. Two over par. She is three over for her round. She's through nine. And again, cut line right now at one over. She's at a tie for 68th. So there are a lot of players at two over par. She's got a lot of golf left. Uh, maybe with an opportunity to make it, so uh, we'll we'll keep following that story and see if uh, if she can indeed uh, make it through to uh, I say the weekend, but uh, they're Friday Saturday for the third and final round there at the um, at the Lotte Championship at Hawakale. So, uh, but Christina Kim is going to join us at four thirty. Really looking forward to that a little bit later on. Uh, there's more football uh, mm-hmm. coming up in front of us this weekend. The USFL is uh, returning, and this is the first league in a long time to come back for a second consecutive year. I, I heard that stat, was it yesterday or the other day? X, I mean, XFL had launched under Vincent Kennedy McMahon mm-hmm. and then uh, subsequently, you know, went away. And then, um, you know, the, the XFL 2.0 pandemic. Yeah. Uh, so the USFL is doing something very rare with, uh, with, with spring football coming back for a second year. It's uh it, it's kind of neat to see. Yeah. But they have uh, announced today some rules changes, mm. and one of them has been getting uh, a lot of praise. And I, I, I don't understand it. Okay. So, and these leagues are usually where they try out things like this. It's almost like the, the testing ground for potentially what they might try out in the NFL down the road. Right. So, um, the one that has been getting uh, a, a lot of. Um, a lot of talk is the forward fumble. And the rule is if a ball is fumbled from the field to play into and out of the end zone, it will be returned to the spot of the fumble and the team that fumbled will retain possession. So they're saying if you're an offensive player, you lose the ball going through the end zone instead of it being a touchback and it goes to the other team, you get it back at the point of where the ball is fumbled. Okay, what about a punt? Um, I believe it is. Uh, I, I believe it's on scrimmages because the the punting part is. Uh, this is on like, you know, let's say you're at the five yard line and you fumble and you're fumbling forward. Okay. Punting, if you're losing it in the end zone, you're fumbling and it's probably going backwards. But if you're fumbling and the fumbling go and the fumble goes forward into the end zone, you actually don't lose possession. Whoa. I thought you'd like that. I hate it. I hate it so much. But I've heard I've seen a lot of people who have been praising this rule, saying that they believe other football leagues should incorporate this and not see an offensive team get punished for losing the ball into the end zone and losing possession. I mean, to to that defense, I I agree. If you've gotten the ball all the way down Ooh, the field. I knew you were going to go here. If you bring the ball all the way down the field, 99 and, and a half yards, and then lose the ball, um, and then it goes. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. If you retain the football again, 
in the end zone? Is is that what, what the rule is? is no, spe- if it goes out of the end zone, okay. instead of it being a touchback, it goes back to the point of the fumble and back to the offense. I don't like to think of the end zone and the out-of-bounds around the end zone almost like lava. In any other situation, if the offense fumble fumbles the ball and it goes out of bounds, they retain possession. Why would you then be penalized for fumbling in the end zone? To to me, I've I've always felt from an offensive angle that that's kind of a dumb rule. That the the one they currently have, or the one that the USFL is putting in, the one that they currently have. Okay, so you're one of those that believes that they've been getting it wrong. That the defense should not get the ball if you lose it. Through the end zone. Yes. Wow. Wow. Okay. I knew we were going here. I knew it. I knew it. Uh, We're going to talk about this when we come back because I cannot believe, well, I I can believe that's why we brought it up on this show. Uh, We're going to have to debate this rule. It's coming up on the other side, but we interrupt this rules nonsense to announce that this Sunday you can shop tax-free at City Mill. That's right. You pay no tax on everything in store at all eight City Mills. It's not valid for online purchases. So spread the word. You don't pay tax at City Mill on Sunday. Sports Center coming up off the bench. Coming up, we get to rules in just a little while. I was about to use this. Uh, uh, I was about to go to a, a, an update here on Major League Baseball because I was told from, from the studio, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, was he was he used to pitch? Because I'm looking at, at at my scoring here, and they don't have him unless they totally just ignored. Did we get fake news coming I, from I, you know our, our our board operator? It is it is kind of looking like we might have gotten some fake news. Ooh. I'm not sure. Oh, what did you just send me? You sent me something. It hasn't come to me yet. I can't, yeah, IKF asking to be checked for substances, LMAO. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm looking here, on because you told me about that. I'm looking here on the internet, and uh, they don't show that, uh, oh, no, there it is. ESPN's late. Play the sounder. We, gotta, we, we have an important update here. The more you know. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. <laughs> Look, I let ESPN.com guide my decisions. When we should it, have let Tanner. You think, you think I, I'm going to be fooled by, <laughs> by fake news? The journalism major? The one who's worked in the newsroom before? The one, the one who dotes himself as the most woke at the studio. Mm. Yeah, I know you would not be the one that would be fooled by a certain blank sports agency. By the way, I got that information from our our guy, Christian Shimabuku. So you're going to tell me that Christian Shimabuku is fake news? Now we're name dropping to make me feel bad. Um, let's, let's redo this. Hit the sounder again. The generic version of the more you know. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa today became a pitcher uh, because they certainly don't trust him at shortstop in New York. Uh, An inning, he gave up a hit. He did not allow a run. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa has an ERA of zero. Can't say the same for everybody in front of him because the Yankees lost today 11-2. Nine runs allowed in the very first inning, and they had to play catch-up back from that. It was an abominable performance uh, by the New York Yankees. But uh, IKF 
uh, does not allow a run. And uh, yes, um, because it is Major League Baseball rules, after you pitch, you have to be checked for substances in between your fingers and on your hand and oh your gosh. cap and stuff like that. It's not new. Baseball's been doing it for a couple of years now. But he got to say, hey, I got to be someone who got checked for banned substances. I mean, it's got to make you feel pretty good after not allowing a run. So uh, congratulations to Isaiah Kiner for Luffa, the, uh, uh, the newest entry into the perfect ERA club in Major League Baseball. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, it's a cool stat to have. Not everyone has that. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I wish, and by the way, he has now played every position, and thank you for sending this, except for left field, outfield, and first base in his major league career. Whoa. He got pitcher out of the way before left field or right field. Wow. Yeah, that's um, that's also something that's 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 very random with him. All right, um, before the break, we were talking about a rule that the USFL is putting into play this year that um, there are a lot of people who like. I hate, um, and 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 let's let let's let's talk about this rule a little bit. And I, I know you wanted me to reread it just so it's clear for everybody. Yeah. So uh, let me reread this rule. It's the forward fumble rule. If the ball is fumbled. From the field to play into and out of the end zone, it will be returned to the spot of the fumble, and the team that fumbled will retain possession. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. There we go. I hate this. See, um, why? I, I know everybody loves offense, everybody loves rewarding offense. You've gotten all the way down there, whether it was by turnover or because you had a really, you know, solid drive down the field. You know, you already have had, I mean, we can't make it easier. You're close to the goal line, presumably. Why are we making it easier to score? Part of the allure of, I think, the game when you get inside, let's say, the 10-yard the, the line, especially if you're a team that has a, a you know, spread offense. Sure. It is harder to score. You have less real estate to work with. That's supposed to be where defenses can gain a little bit of an advantage and not give up a score so easily. But now we're saying, let's say, uh, and, a, and a good example was given earlier. Let's say if you're running the football and it gets punched out. Let's say a defensive player okay. um, goes, he's on the side of the running back who's trying to get in, punches the football out. Yep. Does a great job. Forces a fumble. Okay. Ball goes into the end zone. Rolls out of bounds. Yep. You're now taking away that reward for the defensive player who forced the fumble and giving it back to the offense. And let's say that that running back uh, had gained three yards, got down to the two-yard line before the ball got punched out. You're giving it back to the offense with the ball at the two okay. as compared to turning the ball over or uh, you have it back at the original line, line of scrimmage. At some point... Um, defenses need to stop being uh, minimalized. I think in this great game of football, I am a uh, person who lo- who loves defense maybe more than most. So um, I-, I don't I don't know why there is this need to give the ball back to an offense if an offense can't hang on to the football. You're all the way down there, hang on to the football, and if you can't, you don't deserve to get it back. Okay, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm not a big fan of treating the out of bounds around the end zone differently than the out-of-bounds any other part of the field. Okay. So basically what we're saying is the out-of-bounds, if fumbled, 
is now a member of the defense and essentially got an interception. I do not think a fumble into the end zone is equal to an interception in the end zone and then a subsequent kneeing of that player to cause a touch a touchback. Okay. I don't feel like it's the same merit. Sure, it was a great play by the defense, but they could do that on any other part of the field and the offense still retains possession. So to me, let's let, let's focus just down by the pylon, okay? okay? Over in the corner. All right. Okay, so you're inside the one. You got the pylon, the goal line, and then the end zone. You're telling me that that, you know, five, six inches of space, if the ball somehow comes from the field of play around the pylon and then goes out of bounds in the end zone, the defense automatically gets the ball back? Yes. That's tough for me to Well, you're a quarterback. <laughs> you're, so, you're a quarterback. Which, to me, it's basically the exact same thing as uh-huh. a ball over the middle being caught by the defense, interception in the end zone, and then they take a knee. That was much more difficult for the defense to do than for the offense, which they could have coughed the ball up on themselves. I, I know what you're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. that they, they don't deserve to hold on to the ball. I kind of agree with you there. My, my, my main qualm here is treating that perimeter of the end zone like a different out of bounds than the rest of it. It's almost like hot lava. You do this, you lose the ball. So to that, I actually do like this rule a little okay, bit. Okay, okay. See, I think that's the thing. There are areas that have to be treated differently. Um, you know, the end zone is treated differently than, you know, anywhere with you know within the the yard lines, the yeah. hash marks. Yeah. Um, that is a scoring area. I do believe you have to treat it differently than you have to for, for every you know yard between the hundred yards on the field, uh, because that is an area that you can't necessarily um, legislate, I believe. So, uh, um, yeah, I, 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 I feel like you have to give some, you know, some reward to the defense to give them that opportunity. Sure. Um, you know, I, I would love to see maybe a change in how you deal with fumbles in between the end zones, um, not nec- I don't. I don't feel like we need to worry so much about fumbling into the end zone or into and out of the end zone. If you want to change things up, uh, let's look at between the end zones. Okay. You fumble out of bounds um, right now. Okay, let's say uh, you fumble out of bounds. You get the ball at the spot where the ball went out of bounds. Okay. Or you say, okay, um, then let's change that rule. So if you fumble it out of bounds, but you uh, no one gets possession if it goes out of bounds. You get it back at the, at the original line of scrimmage or something like that. I don't know. I I don't. I feel like we're worrying too much about um, I'd trying okay to get more scoring. You'd I'd be, be okay, okay with, that? with that. Okay. If it goes back to the original line of scrimmage, because I, I do I do agree with what you're saying. Where a fumble should cost something. Mm-hmm. The offense should get penalized more than just retaining possession where the fumble happened. Uh huh. So. Maybe that, that that's a good compromise right there. I feel like a fumble into the end zone and then loss of possession is too steep of a penalty. Yeah. Um, Texter from the 381 says, Punahou could have used this in the 2014 state championship game against Mililani when uh, Wayne Talao Papa fumbled through the end zone from the two-yard line attempting to score the game-tying touchdown with 30 seconds to go. Wasn't Tanner on that team? Tanner was a was a JV I was offensive lineman. Fourteen year old. Yeah, he didn't uh, he, he he didn't advance uh, 
he, he didn't advance to the varsity in 14. Uh, Texter from the 780. You fumble the ball at the one-yard line. You get it at the one. Exactly. So it's like it's it's almost like saying okay you get a redo just I mean it's it's like it's like a loss of down but you get a redo and it seems unnecessary to me. Um, I'm a fan of the loss of the down. Yeah, but I, I'm not a big fan of the loss of the football. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, one more texter from the seven eight zero, and I don't know if this is who this is toward. If it's toward me or it's toward you, I don't know. Texter says that's absurd. You must drink Bud Light. Again, I don't know if it's toward me. I don't know if it's toward you. Stop <laughs> slandering beer. Um, you know, beer of all forms is beer. Uh, do not slander the beverage that uh, gets us through. Why are you knocking Bud Light? Right. Bud Light had nothing to do with this No, combo. they did not. No. I just see like a Bud Light can over on the side going, really, bro? You know what it is? Too many people uh, going on conspiracy sites on social media. Leading to texts like, quote, that's absurd. You must drink Bud Light, close quote. Um, we will leave that totally to the side, but yeah. I figured, you know, we'd, we'd leave that for context. Uh, other rules for the USFL, kickoffs now from the 20-yard line okay. instead of the 25. So uh, you'll see a lot more kickoff returns. Emergency quarterback, they'll have one who's listed in, in as inactive. But if that emergency quarterback is activated, the first two quarterbacks will not be allowed to re-enter the game. So then you'll be down to one. If the emergency quarterback enters in the fourth quarter, the original two quarterbacks, though, will be allowed to re-enter. So if it's in the first three quarters mm. and the emergency quarterback comes in, those other two are out. If it's the fourth quarter, those two are still alive. Dang. Um, and then uh, incomplete passes. The clock will start after incomplete passes in the first, third, second, and fourth quarters, in the second and fourth quarters, that will change up to the five-minute mark in an effort to speed up gameplay. Because uh, the XFL has tried to speed up gameplay. I haven't really noticed it. It's just felt like football. Um, the USFL is going to try to do the same thing, speed up gameplay. Again, kind of make it feel like football a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That inactive quarterback rule, if you're in the first three quarters... You better be really sure that you're really hurt going to the locker room or you can't come back. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Uh, let's get an M. Dyer Global scoreboard in. Brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Moving Hawaii into the future. Uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, you're a hero because you didn't allow a run. Um, pitched an inning. Uh, Yankees lose. 11-2 to is the final. Um, the Yankees are the bleeding. There was no blood left to stop at that point dead. in the, what, what was that, the, uh, the eighth inning? There was no blood left. Like, sorry. Uh, just go out there and just let it go. What do you throw? A 38-mile-an-hour EFIS pitch? Is that real? I'm glad the radar gun could actually still read a 38-mile-an-hour pitch. Most times it just floats right by, and the radar gun doesn't even catch it. Uh, top nine, Detroit leading Toronto 3-1. to one. They're going to the eighth. Pittsburgh leading St. Louis 2 to nothing. Milwaukee up on San Diego 2 nothing. Uh, they're in the top of the first inning. And uh, we are watching the Lote Championship. Two players at the top of the leaderboard at eight under par. Christina Kim, Nasa Hataoka, six under par. Uh, two players in between them at seven under par. The cut line is at two over. Why is that important? Uh, two over is the cut line. A moment ago, Allison Corpuz was around that area. 
Corpus is at three over now mm. through ten. Uh, she just, and I say that as important because, and I just had her line in front of me, she had just bogeyed. So she was right on the cut line. She's on 10, bogeyed 10. Corpus is four, uh, four bogeys on the round. Um, and she is once again one below the cut line. So uh, we're watching her round uh, coverage on the Golf Channel. Uh, that's going on at the Lotte Championship. That's our M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Always on the move. It's off the bench. ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center update is coming up at the top of the hour. Don't forget, uh, Bellator 295 next week, Saturday, 294 on Friday. That's the uh, military friends and family event. And uh, coming soon, we'll have tickets to give away to check out uh, Saturday's Bellator 295. Uh, of course, uh, Elima Lay McFarland is on that card. You heard her earlier this morning uh, on ESPN Honolulu. So uh, stand by here, your station to win tickets to Bellator uh, 295. Um Zion Williamson, let me go find uh, oh, a Found a pencil. I gotta, I gotta poke the nerve that the word Zion. I'm and just Williamson. trying to get through my Thursday. And I'm getting <laughs> poked. Sorry, the only thing I had close to me was a pencil yeah. to poke the nerve. A dull pencil. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, we were watching that game a little bit. I was over at, uh, at at Beer Lab. You were here that playing game in which it was um, a, a relatively tight game. Pelicans lose at home. And uh, the reaction, very swift on the fact that they lost without Zion Williamson. Yeah. And of course, that video that made it online of him dunking during practice when, uh, um, you know, maybe uh, maybe he should have been playing uh, became kind of viral. Stephen A. Smith went, uh, went pretty deep in on Zion earlier today on First Take. If I'm Zion Williamson, that, or, or all of us talking about Zion Williamson, this is what we should say to him. My brother... A legitimate argument could be made that you just cost the New Orleans Pelicans a trip to the finals. I didn't say playoffs. I said finals. Because looking at the wild, wild west, if Zion Williamson is in the lineup, right, and he can perform anything close to what we're accustomed to seeing, 27-7 and on 60% shooting from the field, with the rest of the, uh, the crew that they've got in New Orleans, Considering how haphazard the Western Conference has been this year, New Orleans could have potentially made it to the finals, at the very least the Western Conference finals. So his absence in that lineup cost them big time. I was with Stephen A. for a good about nine seconds. Yep. And then he said the word finals. Yeah. And you should be glad that I didn't take this dull pencil and throw it across the table when he said finals because it would have hit you square in the face. Um, but he lost me there yeah. because we've talked several times. The West is good. The West is really good. There are some great stars in the West. But don't try to convince me for a second that as good as Zion Williamson is, that he would have taken that team to the finals. Yeah, or that the, the Pelicans belong in that conversation. Mm -hmm. Now, what you could say, let's reframe what he said. Okay. You cost them an attempt. That's that's a, a much more of an accurate reframe. You cost them an attempt at a run towards the finals. Uh -huh. I can get behind that statement a lot easier, Josh. Yeah. There's no chance they're beating KD, 
and the Suns, and there's no chance they're getting through Steph and Clay and Draymond with Golden State. Not to mention the other top two seeds with Denver and Memphis and also someone named LeBron James. I'm probably taking LeBron and the Lakers over the Pelicans as well. However, it's all steep in my book. If Zion Williamson was playing, do they win over Oklahoma City yesterday? Yes. Yeah, okay. All right. How far do they get then in in the the attempt? I I think how how deep is the attempt? Like to me, the attempt maybe gets you to the first round and that's it. Sure. But at the very least, it's an attempt. Mm -hmm. You play to win the game, right? At least you're giving your guys the best chance to win. And even if you're not feeling like Zion, not feeling like Zion still might get him 12 might get him 15 points. It may not get him 40. Mm-hmm. It's not an excuse not to play. Right. It's um. It, it's it's a big miss for uh, someone who unfortunately has, has had quite a few misses, I think, in trying to be living up to the name that everybody's given him based on what he did in college. Um, you know, and, and, and some of it is unfair, but some of it is, is what he has to kind of try to live up to. Totally. You know, you can't blame anybody but yourself if – in not living up to that standard, part of that is, well, you didn't play. You know, like, if you don't play, you're not giving yourself an opportunity to live up to that standard, so you're setting yourself up to to fall short. You at least give yourself that chance, That's right. and you know what? You, you, you leave it up for us to talk about. We, we kind of debate it back and forth, sure. Um, but not playing gives a resounding, you can't do it. Um, you know, you can't hit that standard if you have that problem. Sports Center on the way. Coming up, Christina Kim. She's uh, wrapped up her first two rounds at the Lotte Championship presented by Hawakale. She will make the cut into the weekend. Uh, well, I say into the weekend. Uh, that being what? Friday. <laughs> Friday is the third round. Saturday is the final round. Uh, Christina Kim is not too far off the lead. Six right. under par. Uh, two strokes back. Three different golfers are at eight under par. Uh, we're following Allison Corpus, by the way, because she is the... A uh, lone uh, Hawaii golfer that is uh, that is remaining, and um, at one point she was a stroke behind the cut line at, at one over. Then the cut dropped to two over. Then she bogeyed ten, fell to three over, and we were just watching on the uh, uh, on the monitor a little while ago. She bogeyed eleven, and so she is at four over par. She's got three consecutive bogeys on her second round. She's now uh, two off the cut line, uh, which could make things very difficult for her uh, here in her final uh, seven holes. Back nine is going to be much trickier. They, uh, For those familiar with Hwakale, they actually flipped the nines mm-hmm. for this tournament. Why is that? Um, I think, well, the, the regular front nine is much closer to the clubhouse, so it works out geographically for them to walk a little more seamlessly back towards the clubhouse and end in that fashion. Interesting. Okay. Um, so I think that's why they did it, just for the organization of the tournament to run a little smoother that way. Um, but I'm bringing it up because 
the front nine and for the Lote, their back nine is much trickier. Gotcha. Much trickier. Uh, so Christina Kim, will she'll help us kind of look into that a little bit yeah. uh, coming up just after the bottom of the hour. We'll watch Allison to see if she can rally back here in her final uh, final seven holes there at the Lotte Championship. Uh, you know, one thing that the LPGA needs, mm. um, you know, and, and the PGA Tour has it. The LPGA needs some similar um, media rights. In because you know, right now, yes, um, you know, PGA Tour, you've got ESPN Plus with the PGA Tour Live. Yeah. So you know what you don't see on on let's say Golf Channel on a Thursday or Friday, you'll get some featured hole coverage all four days, um, and then you'll get you know some other kind of like special coverage um, in the first couple of days on the non-network uh, television stuff, and you get a lot more golf. You know, you and I, I think we have. You know, we, we have a rooting interest watching a local golfer. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I know the LPGA does not have a, you know, the same kind of gigantic audience like the PGA Tour might. Mm. Um, but I feel like if the LPGA wants to kind of keep people enveloped in its game, that's something that they've got to be able to work out at some point. If you can get uh, for your tournaments of a featured group every day, maybe just one, uh, but a featured group every day. That's not just us right now, kind of beholden to the golf channel to see what they end up showing. Cause I mean, you were telling me earlier, um, you know, the non televised portion, I think Christina Kim hit a, hit a, an Eagle, right? Yeah, it was she, on six. Yeah. She uh, made an Eagle on six from the fairway. Yeah. And you know, there's a four hour window. We're not going to see it. You no, know, you're not going to see it. Um, maybe it was recorded beforehand. I don't know if they ended up showing it in a package a little bit later on on, on TV, but um, those are the things that you kind of miss. And 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 the LPGA, maybe, you know, we talk about the LPGA as we're watching Corpus right now. We talk about the LPGA. Um, you know, there's no Michelle Wee, um, you know, maybe looking for the next kind of like breakout star, I guess, yeah. um, you know, it it would help if you had more ways to make the the uh, uh, make that league uh, accessible. Would you think a model like what the Masters did with maybe one hole having them give commentary while they're playing? Think that would help a little bit? Right, well, I know, are you thinking like Amen Quarter or are you thinking a featured group? Um, well, I like the featured group idea, but specifically one player that. We we know like oh, okay. Alexi okay. Thompson or um, someone like that, where we get some insight to how they're playing, how the course is playing, uh, what's going on out there, and we get to know them a little bit better and uh-huh. maybe give us a reason to tune in a little bit more. I think anything uh, can help. Hmm. Anything um, that is not a bad idea. I, I think you know an opportunity if you can you know if it's the leaders. And you get them in a grouping that's that's not on TV. If it is a you know you a, a predetermined feature group beforehand, yeah. you know something, because when you only have like in in this case you have only four hours. I don't know if they're going to finish out the rest of the second round by the time the coverage is over. You clearly, miss a bunch of golf from earlier in the day. There's not a lot of opportunities to tell stories there's not a lot of opportunities for you to get to know the golfer Mm. you're basically just watching the nuts and bolts of golf with a few replays in there and and, or the course right like for all of us out here i'll speak just for myself you're the golfer of the two i want to watch the lote because i know the course Uh 
And so I'd like to know where the tees are, where they're playing from, where some of the pins are. Um, number eight at Hawkley, which it's been flipped around now, so I guess that yeah. would be 17. Right. Is, in my mind, when the wind is blowing, the toughest par four in Hawaii of any island. It is one of the most difficult holes out here. So I immediately am drawn towards that as a player, wondering how are they playing on that hole. Um, you know, sure, it's a different uh, tee box for, for the ladies, but that hole is extremely difficult. So I, I like to look at things like that, but w- you're exactly right. In this abbreviated window, it's tough to uh, get any sense of, of story whenever mm-hmm. you watch. And granted, you know, they also have the PGA Tour. They got the RBC. Uh, John Rahm's not been great uh, so far in, in his week after the Masters. It's, that's that's a hard ask to, hey, be just as good as, as you were last or week. care as much. Uh, good point. Good point. Um, you just went through the ringer mentally the last five days and then turn around and care about this one just as much when you just summited Mount Everest of golf. And you have a green jacket to your name now. Can you really blame him? You know, I'm going to push back on that a little bit because okay. I remember that 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 Butler Cabin interview on Sunday. Yeah. When they had the uh, high amateur uh, in there, and they were talking to him, and they asked him, "Hey, um, you've got this event coming up in which you've got to carry your own bag and play 36 holes." Yeah. That event was the next day, the Aggie Invitational, and they asked him if he was still going to do it, and he said yes. Sure. So he was going to going to head back to Texas carry his own bag for 36 holes uh-huh. and play golf. And some people thought, oh, he's he's crazy. Probably is. But loves playing golf. Yep. Um, and so he's willing to go from the high of being the high amateur at Augusta to carrying his own bag and playing 36 holes in a day. I mean, kudos to him. So if, if, if he can do that and probably care sure. an equal amount, then, you know, not to throw shit on John Rahm, but... Sorry, you can care a little bit more. Sure, but you know, Rom, to his defense, offered a really great quote on why he was going to play in the RBC and not drop out because there were a few others like Roy McIlroy that did drop out. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I gave him my word, which I really respect. He's letting his yes be yes and his no be no. Yeah. And I owe it to the event and the kids over there that want to maybe see the Masters champion. And that's cool. Exactly. It, it's really good for the game. Yeah, I don't knock that at all. Um, I just hope it's not like I'm just going to go there and show face and just kind of like, you know, just kind of, you know, just go through it. Sure. Um, That's that would that would that would be a little tough. They, you know, those kids that just want that want to see the Masters win and want to see the Masters winner playing kind of like a Masters winner. Mm. If again, hard ask. I'm not saying that that's easy. Sure. Um, But to at least kind of give the impression that if he's struggling just because the course is tough then, hey, so be it. Or if he's hurt or whatever, so be it. I'm more thinking from a player's perspective on the grinding side of golf. When you've just grinded, it's tough to get the motivation to then grind again Mm -hmm. if you've just won. You're not – he might be just as hungry. I can't speak for him. But myself, I would kind of let myself off the hook for hitting some bad shots and not care maybe quite as much as what I, I previously had. Uh, texter from the 228 uh, said, saw Christina Kim this morning. She had an awesome round today. Yeah, you'll hear mm-hmm. her uh, tell us about it in about uh, 18 minutes. Also said, on another note, it was another fun extra innings with Coach Hill last night. A small but fun crowd. When is the next show? Hey, hey uh, breaking news. There we go. Next show is next Thursday. 
because Wednesday we've got uh, the really big road show over at uh, at Growler Hawaii from five to seven, and um, you know that's kind of been in place now for the last. Well, this is number ten, so it's been in place for ten months. So we wow. can't we, we we can't move that aside. That is staying put. Um, but uh, Coach Hill last night agreed. Um, it only took him like like a second. I said, so what? Um, so we got, we're, we're kind of booked on Wednesday. So uh, can we do Thursday? And he cut me off and said, yes, Thursday works. Nice. So uh, next Thursday at uh, Beer Lab, the uh, university tap room from 6 to 7 p.m., it will be uh, the next round of extra innings with Rich Hill. And we'll see what that show kind of feels like based on this weekend against UC San Diego. Uh, who we haven't heard what their rotation is going to look like. We'll find that out probably uh, either tonight or uh, or tomorrow. Busy weekend with the University of Hawaii. I mean, we talked baseball a little bit. Uh, we mm-hmm. never got to volleyball. Uh, volleyball's got uh, senior weekend this right. weekend. Also against UC San Diego with seeding in the uh, Big West Championships at stake. So uh, so plenty going on for you to check out. In fact, uh, coming up a little bit later on on this show, we got stuff to give away. We, mm-hmm. We've got University of Hawaii tickets that uh, we will be giving away a little bit later on. I should have had the email right in front of me because, you know, I did send it. Um, <laughs> we've got a uh, four-pack of tickets to Friday's baseball game against UC San Diego, and we've got a pair of tickets to volleyball against UC San Diego for Friday. So uh, we'll do a giveaway. We'll do one of those uh, coming up this hour, one of those coming up uh, next hour right here uh, on this radio show. Um, Christina Kim in about 15 minutes. And uh, coming up here in just a little while, um, 13-0 in a, in a league in which you play 162 games. How impressive is that? Uh, we'll, we'll debate that. Coming up, but first we tell you about Dave and Buster's because Hunter Hughes is going to be there on Saturday. That's right. It's uh, the UFC watch party. Uh, we got to see uh, a now apparently clean-shaven Max Holloway, and he's going to be in there. Dana White was propping up that fight on social media earlier today. Uh, he and Allen going head-to-head as the co-main event of that UFC fight night card, and you can watch it on that 40-foot wow wall there at Dave and Buster's. Wow. Wow, it is an immersive experience that you need to be there to check out. 2.30 to 5.30, uh, that final card should end around 5.30 or so, right when that main event happens. But according to Dana White, there's some, so there's at least a couple of bouts early in that main card that could go the distance. So, uh, you know, that, that fight could start a little bit later. That that main card could run a little bit long. But uh, check it out. Uh, Dave and Buster's, that's Saturday to check out Max Holloway Live. It's courtesy of ESPN Honolulu and uh, our buddies over at KHON2 and KHI. Traffic right here. It's off the bench. ESPN Honolulu. All right, some people like to debate the merits of a 162-game season. How long it is? Is it too long? Um, there is a team that has started out 13-0, and one of three teams to do it in Major League Baseball uh, history, and that is the Tampa Bay Rays. 13-0 and start for a team that generally no one wants to see. Um, just ask their own fan base. Uh, but how impressive is it to you uh, that this team has uh, tied a modern Major League Baseball record starting a 162-game season with a 13-0 and record? Well, considering my 
eleven U football team went thirteen and zero and called it the best season in our town's history. Thirteen and zero is pretty impressive. Okay, so we're gonna shift sports now back to baseball. <laughs> um, that means the entire pitching staff is pitching really, really well on consecutive games. The hitting is hitting really, really well on consecutive nights. And the thing is firing on all cylinders. I mean, 13, and that's why it's an MLB record, Josh. On a night-to-night basis, someone's got to, there's got to be a weak link in the chain somewhere. So, I don't know, do you consider this, um, you know, not that impressive? Because it's at the beginning of the year and we don't really give it all that merit until later in the year in baseball? Um, I think it's really good. I don't know that I'd call this super impressive. Um, I mean, the impressive thing is that the Rays are are a competitive team. Um, You know, they have defied the odds with how how little they spend um, their their analytic work, what they really started with openers, you know, way back when. You know, the Rays have kind of defied logic in how to – Competed Major League Baseball. That's the, that to me is more impressive on a on a year to year period. Um, who they've beaten? Look, Boston is last place in the AL East. The Oakland A's are well. The Oakland A's they're they're not very good. Uh, they've beaten the Nationals. They've beaten the Tigers. Uh, the Tigers are last place in the AL Central, and Washington is last place in the NL East. So they've played um, a, a bunch of of really bad teams. It's not the record that I, I look at, but it's what they're doing offensively. And the fact and, and actually more so, um, that usually pitching is what kind of comes uh, comes around a little bit later than hitting. I mean they're they're hitting the ball well. They've outscored opponents uh one oh one to thirty. Yeah. So they've allowed the most runs in, in, in the league and they've allowed the few they've scored the most runs, they've allowed the fewest. 30 runs in 13 games. And they've almost That's, scored eight a game. Right. I mean, that is, and I see you guys on the phones. We'll get to you in a second at 808-296-1420. I mean, you're, that, you're, you're talking about an average of, of two runs or so a game. Um, where pitching is supposed to be behind, yeah. that's pretty impressive. And, uh, and and that, I think, is where I give Tampa Bay more credit than I do a 13-0 and record, is that they are pitching really well. Granted, yeah, I know. Not great teams, but you still got to get the job done. And I think it's it's how they've done it more than them just doing it that I think stands out a little bit more. Let's say hi to John uh, here at 808-296-1420. John, you're off the bench. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, 13-0 and is pretty interesting, but I wonder about championships at the end of the year. But uh, honestly, since I'm not a Tampa Bay fan, I'm getting tired of hearing about it. Um, <laughs> as it comes as- as a Cubs fan, I'm saying send them down to Wrigley Field. I'd like to play them, man. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's all I got to say. Have a great day, guys. Thanks, thanks for John. Uh, thanks for calling in. I, I hear some sour grapes right there uh, from that fan in Chicago. I'm tired of hearing about the Rays. What? Because the Rays are successful. I mean, would you rather would Would you rather us talk about the Yankees? Hey, John. Since you're a repeated caller on the show, you uh, you have a a Cubs fan on on the the phone with you now. Uh, I'm from the north well, he's side gone of Chicago, now, but... but he's still listening. Yeah. So uh, I'm with you. Send them all send them down to Wrigleyville, and uh, we'll give them a run for their money. Do you really? Do you really want that? Bring, bring the smoke, baby. You Let's sure? Let's go. Absolutely. For your 6-5 uh, and five Chicago Cubs? It's above 500. 
I guess we've lowered the bar from last year, right? Where are your Giants at? Uh, yeah, competing. five and seven. We're, we're competing. Don't even talk to me. We're, we're competing. Five and <laughs> seven. We, look, uh, we scored five runs against the Dodgers yesterday. We, we competed. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, we're always looking for participation trophies. Uh, don't forget, it's City Mill. Uh, if you want to learn more about DeWalt Power Tools, uh, their uh, DeWalt Advantage, and how you can save with special pricing, check out their uh, Power Tools sales event. And in Hawaii Kai tomorrow, you can meet the DeWalt rep. You'll be there from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. That's City Mills Power Tools sales event where you can learn more about DeWalt professional-grade power tools. Christina Kim is coming up here in just a little bit. We'll talk about her first two rounds at the Lotte Championship presented by Hawakale. Uh, how's the course playing? How's she enjoying the event? Uh, we'll talk to her about that coming up in just a little while. It's Off the Bench, ESPN Honolulu. Off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Hunter Hughes sitting across from me. I'm Josh Pacheco. Great to have you in. We're watching the uh, Lotte Championship presented by uh, Hoakale and uh, one player who uh, will be playing in round number three. And in the final round is a player who's right there in the top five. Christina Kim is at six under par, two shots off the lead after firing a five under par 67 today for her second round. And Christina joins us now here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, Christina, congratulations. Tell me about the round today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I had an absolute ball today. I um, struck the ball well. I putted well. I, it was Golf was fairly simple. And more importantly, it was fairly stress-free today. So it was, a, it, was a, it was a great day here in paradise. I love being here in Hawaii. I love the I love the island. I love everything about the culture, the vibe. It's just I, I can't imagine being anywhere else. You know, it's funny. Um, usually, when you ask someone about their round, it sounds a little more um, stressful. It sounds a little bit more like uh, very more analytical. It's really refreshing. To hear someone after a round, and, and granted, we're you both shoot, smiling. By right, the way. granted, you shot five under par, which is also helpful. It's refreshing <laughs> to hear someone who just sounds like they're loving life after a golf round. That's not that's not a normal occurrence. Yeah, that's very fair to say. And there have been plenty of times when golf has been very stressful for me. It's it's I I just feel like I've sort of re-entered into a, a different I've entered into a different space in my life and in my golf, and I'm just. I'm rolling with it, and I'm having an absolute blast. Oh man, Christine, that that's awesome to hear. And you know, I I kind of uh, take the the burden of being the resident golfer here at the studio. Um, I've always <laughs> felt like playing easy and burden free on the course is usually when the the best scores follow too. Do you find that as well with your game? Absolutely. I I think you know there were a couple of times. Yesterday was a bit more stressful. Because this is my first event of the 2023 season. I've been on the LPGA Tour. I've already completed my first 20 years on tour. Mm. I love the fact that I was absolutely terrified yesterday. And it showed in my first, I don't know, six holes, seven holes. I was two over par coming into, uh, you know, I think it was the, the eighth hole. And I just went 
you you know what you're doing. It's going to be okay. This is not life or death. We're in paradise. Life is good. Golf is hard, and life is hard. I I've been um, talking with a friend EJ for the last you know last little bit, and you know he he's got these like wonderful little like bits of wisdom that I told him that he rem- he I, he reminded me of a lot of things. He was like, I didn't tell you anything you don't already know, but it was like. Just keep doing what you're doing mm. and get the ball to the hole. Because I could not get a putt to the hole at all for the first, like, seven holes. And so that just kind of clicked in yesterday afternoon on the, the last 10, 11 holes. And I just started playing freely because, yes, it's blowing 20, 30 miles an hour. Relish in that. Relish in the challenge. Do the math. Like, it's it's. It's just it's one of the most beautiful things about this game is that it gives you nothing. You have to go and earn every single bit of what you're able to get. By the way, I don't, I don't want to gloss over or, or completely gloss over something you said just a moment ago. I cannot believe um, that you are 20 years into your LPGA career. I, I feel like it was just a couple of years ago that we were talking about you um, you know, and, and, and some of, you know, the, the awesome stuff you've done on tour. I cannot believe that 2003, uh, was, was 20 years ago. It feels like almost yesterday, um, that it, in a way it's, it's, it's kind of neat, right? I mean, 20 years feels like it, I, maybe to me, cause I didn't golf, uh, but it feels like it's gone so fast, but for you, um, you know, what is, what has this felt like? I feel like, <laughs> I mean, I feel like a senior dog whose family decided to bring an eight-week puppy into the house. I, I, I'm very, very fortunate. I try and take care of myself. I've always had a zest for life. I've always had a curiosity for life, which hasn't always come at a benefit to me, to be honest. But the reality is, I mean, Life is long, life is hard, life is beautiful, life is a struggle, life is fleeting. And at the end of the day, none of this actually matters to the grand scheme of things, but it matters so much to us individually. And so these last, the, the last 20 years, because this is now my 21st year on the LPGA Tour, wow. 22nd as a professional, I mean, I, I feel like I'm better equipped to play this remarkable incredibly frustrating, beautiful, heartbreaking, gut-wrenching, ecstasy-inducing game than I have my entire life. Man, th- those were some words right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about your caddy, Tim, because Tim's a good friend of the show, a good friend of me. Uh, what's it like having the mohawk on the bag and having a little bit of local insight playing uh, Hawakale, which, to be honest, Christina, can be very difficult when the wind is howling out there. Yeah, Tim Tim Hazelgrove, he's the uh, the, the founder of Oahu Golf Apparel, which mm-hmm. is the golf line that the clothing line that I've been wearing for going on five years, six years now. Um, and Tim is just. Every time I see him, I just smile. You know, like you said, he's, he's sporting a, I don't know if it's seven or eight-inch mohawk right now. It's yeah. about half the length of the longest it's ever been. Um, and he is just such a wonderful bundle of just wonderful, good energy. And truth be told, I just said, I tell him, I said, I'm like, honey, I got this. I just want you to keep me entertained. I want you to just make sure that we're having a good time. Keep talking. 
Let's not talk about golf. Let's talk about everything else. Let's talk about how the business is doing. Let's talk about your daughter, Kylie. Let's talk about, you know, everything that's going on here in Hawaii. These, that, that's part of the reason why I loved coming here is because I want to get that local flair. I want to get that local flavor. I, I feel like I feel like there's a part of me that belongs here in the islands. And mm-hmm. so it's been just the best. And Tim is the best. And we just, we, you know, we, 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 we wear matching tops for every round. And the number of people that see him and they just smile when they see him. And, you know, the, the, the beautiful soul that he is and the wonderful, generous, kind heart that he has, it, it's infectious. And I just I love the guy so much. He is just an absolute rock star. That that's awesome. Um, tell us a little bit about that eagle you made on six today, because uh, uh, we're not quite getting it on TV. I don't know if that they had it recorded, but tell us a little bit about holing out from eagle from the fairway. Yeah, so I was um, I hit a poor tee shot to be honest. It was it was totally okay, but it was down the left hand side and from the left hand side on what is tournament hole six, and I think it might be hole. Gosh, it's 14 or 15 by way of the, 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 the routing that the members play. Mm. Might be 13. I'm not sure. Um, it's not necessarily the quote-unquote easiest angle. The best angle is to come in from the right-hand side. Wind was howling off of the left. And right when I was getting into my transition, a dog barked. And it did throw me off a little bit because it was like one high-pitched yip. And I was like, that poor baby, what is wrong? <laughs> that sounds like so Josh's dog. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> pulled my tee shot was still in the fairway and i i was 166 yards out wind still howling off the right hand side or left hand side excuse me water short left and i just i hit a beautiful sort of like an off-speed pitch with my six iron to make sure that it was going to land short of the green hop up a couple of times and, and then sort of trickle up there and, and i honest to goodness hit it i don't think i could have landed it an inch farther right, left, long or short, and had the same um, kind of uh, result. result take place. It was a it was a perfect shot for the situation, um, you know, because it's you know with that wind, I was like, okay, the, the whole location six paces on from the front. This is a literal sucker pin. I don't mind being a sucker every now and again because when you pull that stuff off, it is it is such an amazing feeling. And you're right, the TV the the cameras weren't on at that time, and Tim was. <laughs> I hit the shot, and I was – normally I hit a shot, and I'm like, I'll watch it for a little bit, and I'm like, All right, it's good, whatever. I was like, I'm intrigued by this. I hit it, and I was like, okay, stay on your line. Now take a big hop. Stayed on its line, took a big hop, and I watched it go, go, close to the hole, and then I saw it disappear. Everyone in the group started losing their mind, and Tim was like, what happened? Well, I, he was like – he had sunscreen in his eyes. So he was like, oh, <laughs> trying to take care of the sunscreen because – that stuff burns, you know, and, and sun protection is so important. I was like, I was like, I was like, we made eagle. He's like, I missed it. I was like, full disclosure, if you not looking at any of my shots means they go in the hole, keep your eyes away. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good, but to be there with him was just so special. Oh, uh, we're talking with Christina Kim. She is six under par uh, right now, uh, fourth. Uh, she will head into the third round of the Lotte Championship presented by Hawakale. She joins us here on ESPN Honolulu. You've played so many cool events uh, around the world, uh, across these 50 states. Uh, playing here at Hawakale, playing uh, this version of the Lotte Championship, where does playing here kind of rank for you with, with all that you've achieved and all that you've played? So 
I, 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 I have a philosophy of having a very short memory. Okay. And one of my biggest focuses is always staying present and staying in the moment. And between my talks with Tim and between my talks with my friend EJ and just being here and really just absorbing everything that Hawaii has to offer. I've gone on sunrise hikes. I've gone places to go see the sunset. I did the cocoa head <laughs> stairs. Dang. <laughs> and I then went out and walked that. Walkley. That is not easy. Yeah, oh, I did I did that on Friday. I landed last week on Thursday night and that was I woke up super early on Friday to watch the sunrise um, up over at Cocoa Head and I thought I was gonna be able to make it for sunrise. I felt like it ended up being a sunset hike because that was just absolutely terrifying. Um, and I tried turning around like 12 times. And I was like, wait, no. <laughs> I, can, I can succeed in any number of ways. And one way that I know I will always succeed is through spite. So mm. spite got me to the top of, um, of, of, the, of, the, of the stairs. And it was one of the most breathtaking sights that I had ever come across. The, the sun had completely risen above the horizon so it was it was perfect it was absolutely perfect um for me i just i love being able to stay present and in the moment and this has been such an unbelievably rewarding challenge and just it's for me every moment is the best moment so i'm not really one to make comparisons but this is this is just one of the best today is the best day of my life right now that's awesome that is that is awesome. Uh, Christina Kim, uh, we're looking forward to watching you this weekend uh, there at Hoakale at the uh, Lotte Championship. I, I know it's not often we get people talking to us after their round, but I appreciate you doing so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great to hear someone that enjoys the game and uh, is, is really a good example for what I think golf should be. I mean, we've, we've had these conversations Absolutely. on the show, Christina, before where – you know, we, we want to hear people sometimes who really, truly enjoy the game. Sometimes the game comes off to some as too stressful. I mean, it's not often we hear from someone who just who loves it as much as you do. And so it exudes uh, for, joy. Yeah. And, and for you to share it with us the way you do um, is really cool. And uh, it's, it's a really good example, I think, for a lot of people to follow. Have fun the rest of this weekend. Uh, look forward to continuing to see uh, continuing to see you at the top of the leaderboard. Thanks so much. Of course. Thank you guys so much for having me, and thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Keep awesome. going low, Christina. We're rooting for you. Thank you. Mahalo. All right. That is uh, Christina Kim, who joins us here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. I mean that when I say that, by the way. Oh, big time. Is that you listen to anybody after their round, they're, you know, they're, they're talking to, to, to media members at the podium, whatever, and they're serious they're they're introspective. They're analyzing. And granted, we probably asked some of the questions that are, you know, a little more on the analytical side. I think we asked one, and that was yours on yeah. on on the eagle. Um, you don't hear people normally talking like that. No, like that is that to me is what golf's about. That's right. Or what should what golf should be about that maybe doesn't come across enough about how the game should be fun, how you should enjoy it to the moment. That's what it should be. No, I I think golf is a serious game. Uh, professionals definitely take it seriously. It's their mm-hmm. livelihood. But they need to be, you know, let us into that joy. Let us into that excitement. I think that's what made Tiger so big at the yeah. beginning was the the raw emotion coming out whenever he played well or whenever he didn't play well. And um, for, for this, you know, to hear from Christina, you could tell she was just exuberant, you know. Yeah. It, it's it really fun. It's, it's contagious. That, that's what grows the game. 
you know, we interrupt uh, how uh, how much fans we are of Christina Kim to announce that this Sunday you can shop tax-free at City Mill. That's right. You pay no tax on everything in store at all eight City Mill locations. It's not valid for online purchases. So spread the word. You don't pay tax at City Mill on Sunday. We'll go to the phones. Uh, but first, we'll check on traffic. It's off the bench. ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center updates on the way uh, here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. By the way, um, since we've been kind of keeping our eye on the Lotte Championship, Allison Corpus, two birdies in a row on the uh, par 4 14th and the par 3 15th. Corpus is now at the cut line at two over par. So just a couple of, of uh, holes ago, she was two strokes behind the cut line. She's now right on it. Uh, so the, uh, the Punahou... Uh, Stan, I was making uh, making a comeback here in the second round of the Lotte Championship presented Got by Got mana working for her over there. That's right. Uh, let's say hi to Neil, who's hanging on very patiently at 808-296-1420. Hi, Neil. Hey, what's up, guys? I just wanted to, you know, make a comment about Christina Kim. And I remember watching her, I think it might have been in the Solheim Cup uh, a couple of years ago as part of uh, the Team USA Solheim Cup team. And this golfer i mean not only is she great at her craft she legitimately has fun mm. on the course and you know and as a as a, a a very 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 amateur golfer that's awesome to see like you were saying hunter you know like how you grow the game right i mean yeah i i, I gotta be honest with you like i mean i'd rather watch women's golf than men because there's too much stuff going on for the men's side to me, you know, with the whole deal with live and PGA and all these guys are like, Oh, well, you know, I want to play for money. You want to do this. You want to make money or whatever. I watch the LPGA gals play and yeah, they're making good money too. But at the end of the day, I see that the, the LPGA, the players on that tour are, genuinely it seems like anyway they're having fun they're enjoying the game of golf and i think that's for me as an as a pure amateur that's you know far more important than whether or not they get paid six million or four and a half million or whatever it might be they're making good money they could be making better money um that's really for corporate sponsorships and for a tour commissioner to really kind of fight for um, but your point is right. I mean, I think in general you see a, a tour that's a little more relaxed, a little more uh, fun. Yep. Uh, we're not talking about uh, slow playing, which has been happening you know, all weekend. We're not talking about other, other stuff. We're just talking about purely golf, and I, and I think that's nice to see at the end of the day. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that's the thing is, is if you enjoy what you're doing, come on, man. Like, that, that translates not just into, like, golf but like in life mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and so i think like just listening to christina kim i'm not a huge christina kim fan i'm more of a danielle kang kind of guy myself but um at the end of the day like she's made a fan out of me just listening to your guys's interview with her has made me a fan of christina kim us too yeah quite honestly if she wants to call in and just pick us up on a you know a dull tuesday sometime she's more than welcome I, I think uh, I, I think uh, if we had a motivational Monday uh, segment that would yeah. be sponsored, um, she could definitely fill that for a uh, for a segment or so. Neil, thank you for calling in. Thanks, Appreciate Neil. you listening, my friend. 
Um, yeah, uh, no doubt there is a, a certain zest for life that she has that uh, I, I think certainly could pick up some for sure. Because um, she is known, I mean, um, for a while, I think she had a kind of a big following on social media. I think mm-hmm. she did get into television a little bit. Um, she has kind of an analyst on golf channel, right? So yeah. she's, she's seen, uh, I think golf from, from different areas. And I think sometimes, and it can be in anything, not just in, um, you know, not, not just in golf, it can be in any other aspect, but you see things from different areas and it kind of, you know, kind of makes you look a little bit differently, usually in a negative way as to, you know, what you see in your industry. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that she has been able to look at it differently, um, and, and maybe not differently, but, but keep kind of a positive energy toward it is, uh, is not hard. It's, it's, it's hard to do even. Yeah. 20 years in. Yeah. I mean, look at people, um, people in our industry, sometimes they get into a different area in the industry yeah. and they can be like, Oh, okay. Uh, this is a little bit different. They see it from a different aspect, and it kind of like it, it it changes them. And I don't necessarily say that for the better. Mm. Um, so it happens in every industry, but she's managed to kind of maintain the joy in the sport, which you know a lot of us look for. Hey, uh, coming up on Wednesday, the really big road show number ten at Growler Hawaii. We're right off Kapahulu. You can check us out five to seven p.m. That is uh, next week, Wednesday. Make sure you check it out uh, here with the ESPN Honolulu. Near, uh, nearly 100 drafts uh, there on tap. Great food, the wings, pizza, uh, all that good stuff. And as we prepare for that, yeah. uh, we want to also get you prepared for Hawaii baseball, which is coming up tomorrow. Game one of the three-game series against conference leader UC San Diego. We've got a family four-pack of tickets to give away. So uh, call number four at 808-296-1420 is going to score those tickets to uh, tomorrow night's series opener. Bows and the Tritons, Sports Center in traffic next. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric, baby, when I turn it Yeah, this is, this is really here just because I feel like the energy of this show has now... Uh, has now improved. It's been picked up. It has. I'm appreciative of that. Uh, it needed that. This is this is our Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're off tomorrow for the uh, NBA's play-in tournament, which does not feature the Lakers. It does not feature the Pelicans. Lakers are in. Pelicans are out. Uh, so uh, we've we've we have gotten some positives from all of that somewhere somehow. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly, uh, I, I feel like the the energy and the mood. Have taken us from like uh, what already usually is about an eight mm-hmm. on average, and I, I think we've gotten up to about like a nine and a half. I think Christina helped us with that. She did, absolutely. Uh, we need to see if we can uh, we can find a way to 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 get her here a little more often. Yeah, uh, brighten things up a little bit. Really appreciated her joining us here. On the program, it is off the bench. That's Hunter Hughes. I'm Josh Pacheco. Uh, one more hour to go. Volleyball tickets to give away coming up in just a little while. We're watching Allison Corpus at the Lote, uh, presented by Hawakale. Why? We are kind of taking up the cause. Um, we're not going to do play-by-play of golf here on the radio. It sound awful. Um, but because television's gone, uh, television is signed off, uh, their window is over, they went to uh, taped coverage of their first round from the RBC for the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. So um, because there's really no video, we are the ones 
to take up the cause for Allison Corpus. There we go. And uh, see if uh, we can kind of track Corpus's progress. She's trying to make see the cut. See if she can make the cut. Yeah. Problem. She bogeyed oh. on uh, on 15. So uh, she, or I'm 16, I beg your pardon. Oof. So she's three over, one shot off the cut line, two, uh, two holes to play. And uh, she had birdied the previous two. She was on a little bit of a roll. She went from four over to hitting the cut line at two over par. Now a bit back. She's the uh, the lone Hawaii golfer remaining because Galdiano's not going to make the cut. She's farther back. So I feel like this last hour will kind of update you. We feel like uh, her round will wrap up by the time that we do at six o'clock. So mm-hmm. we won't we won't go shot for shot, but we'll kind of watch things hole by hole. Uh, see if we can take that Christina Kim energy that we had last hour and see if we can kind of pull it through the airwaves and uh, try to get it out to Hoakale and get it out to her. Uh, see if we can do that and, uh, and and get her into the weekend. I love it. Goals. That's uh, we, we try to make a difference here on the show. Uh, speaking of making a difference, congratulations to Charles from <clears throat> Eva Beach, not too far away from where uh, Hoakale is. Charles is off to University of Hawaii Baseball. Uh, coming up tomorrow, game one of that three-game series against UC San Diego. Uh, we'll have it on radio on our sister station, CBS 1500. Coverage at uh, 6.06 tomorrow night uh, with Harrison Kuroda and I. But uh, huge series. Huge series against UC San Diego. Uh, so uh, Charles time. Charles will be heading there. Got to meet a couple of people from the Big Island yesterday who were at uh, uh, Beer Labs University Tap Room. Uh, they're going because they want tickets on site. Nice. At at, uh, at Beer Lab, so they're here. They're here for work for the week, and before they would head back to uh, to Hawaii Island, to East Hawaii, and to the uh, the craziness of Mary Monarch uh, going right. on there. Before they before they head out there, they're going to take in a UH baseball game at Les County Stadium, and then fly back the next morning. Whoa, that's that's pretty neat. It's a pretty good weekend. That is, you know, that's that's the way. It, it's it's better to end the weekend, uh, or better end a week with getting to do something fun as compared to ending the week with work, then taking the flight home. Okay, since they're doing this, and you're from Hilo, I've, uh-huh. got, I've got a question for you. Okay. If you were to make a weekend trip to Honolulu, would you guys back in Hilo refer to that as a trip to the big city? No. Nothing like that? No. Nah, no, we wouldn't say it. I mean, I'd, I I think it would be, like, be a trip to trip to Honolulu. Okay. We'd take a trip to Oahu. Okay. Um, We never referred to Oahu and I don't know why I I think we just I, I don't know I don't, I don't know I don't, I don't know why but we never referred to when when we lived on Hawaii Island we never referred to Oahu as a neighbor island we just okay. referred to it as Oahu Oahu you know we're going to Honolulu yeah we're going to Oahu um it's never anything more than that so or similar to here going going to Big Island for, yeah for the weekend you or know, something I don't I don't and maybe it's because I've lived in Hawaii all my life. Uh-huh. You know, I don't say you know flying to a neighbor island. Don't don't ever say outer island. Uh, they will get on you for that big time. Um, mm. But I never say you know I'm flying into a neighbor island or I'm I'm flying to an. I just say I'm flying to Maui okay. or I'm flying to Kauai, which is usually where my Southwest flights take me on my way back from a trip. It always for whatever reason stops in Kauai, makes me wait there for three hours, and then comes home. Uh, sorry, it's bone to pick with that, but um, I didn't even have the the pencil to poke you, and you poked yourself. I poked myself. The pencil's right here. There it it's is, right here. Wow. Um, but yeah, I I I think it does. I think it's based on experience and kind of how you've always um, referred to the islands or referred to home. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think those who use the neighbor island term, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's never just been one unless it's part of a conversation, and, you know, and just infrequently it's used. But just for me, it's, it's sure. not something that I would use in travel. Sure. I, the only reason I bring it up, I grew up in the suburbs okay. of Chicago. It was close to about an hour, one way, to get into the city. And so, of course, we use the term headed to the, the city this weekend. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and so, in terms of travel, it's only about an hour from Big Island to get to Honolulu. Gotcha. So, it was more of just kind of a, a unique question on that front of what was the verbiage growing up somewhere like Hilo, like these folks you mentioned you gotcha. know, who are going to be going to the baseball game. I'm sure, I'm, and, and it could very well just be me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, many others may look, call Oahu the big city or, or, or whatever. I just, I don't know. I, I, maybe it's, it's me being young and stupid. I don't, I don't know, but I've just in Oahu where it's been Honolulu. Sure. Um, and what's surprising for me about that, um, just on a personal note is that I was never one that really flew a lot or, or mm. traveled a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, I have, I have a mom who is afraid of flying. Ooh, okay. Uh, funny enough, that was my first flight. Um, was when I was like eight years old. It was actually coming up here because mm-hmm. she had come up here for work, and um, I didn't know at that point in time. You know, it's a great thing to shield an eight-year-old from that knowledge. Um, that she was one who was uh, kind of afraid to fly. So a part of my family has that. My my mom, my my sister. My sister does not fly. I don't know when the last time she's been on a plane. Uh, I think the last time my mom's been on a plane, she had to. My 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 dad was going under like some kind of operation here, so mm. she came up here with him. My dad flies. He's been to to events on the mainland and stuff like that, and I fly because now I you know fly I, all the I, time. Yeah, um, you would think for me when I was younger and 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 actually when i got older and started traveling a little bit that i would i would probably refer to it that way because i used to come up here for state tournaments i would Mm. fly up here and cover state tournament games if a hawaii island team was was going to make it to a a state championship game um i would this is how much i just loved doing it i i would fly up on my own dime to come up here and call a state championship game if a team like Waiakea or Konawina and the girls state championships or someone else was um you know play, was was playing in one of those state championship games and and then um you know fly back the next morning so um you know the more i did it and and realized how you know it was just like in and out it wasn't it it never really felt like you know bigger than what it is because mm. I kept it kind of small, right? For sure. Um, it, was, it felt a little bit different maybe when I was going up for when it was on the company dime. Yeah. Uh, when I was coming up here to do UH Hilo games, when they would play at Chaminade, when they would play at HPU, or when they would play at, oh, I miss those guys, uh, BYU Hawaii yep. uh, over there at the Canon Activity Center. Um, and it did feel a little bit bigger, partially because you weren't paying for it. That's right. But uh, when when it would just be an, an in-and-out thing, um, yeah, it, it felt small. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, or if it does. that just complicates it, it a little bit more. It's more just I, I'm always curious what it would have been like to be born and raised over here, mm-hmm. um, and little things like that because that's very commonplace on the mainland. If you are around a big city, to just refer to it as yeah, we're head, we're headed to the city for the weekend or something on that na- the city for the night. You know, mm-hmm. some um, people I think use island hop. 
Okay. Um, if they're going from 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 one island to another, but I think that might be more of like a staycation kind of term for sure. Um, I've never really used that. Uh, so yeah, yeah I, I guess it depends. And I, I think the other kind of beautiful thing about it, I don't know how we've got here. I'm I'm glad you've kind of like diverted us a little bit. Yeah. Um, the other reason I think it's interesting is I, I think anybody. Regard. I mean, you could talk to five different people. Yeah. And I think you'll get five different answers on the question that you asked me. And when you said something about, you know, growing up here, not, you know, because you didn't grow up here, so not knowing what it's like and kind of mm-hmm. wondering, like, again, I think you talked to five different people from different islands or from, you know, different areas just on this island yeah. alone. And you'll probably get five different answers well, on, on what it was like. Well, people on Big Island, Big Island, do you still consider Honolulu the big city of Hawaii? Um, I mean, I guess so. I mean, I don't, yeah. like I said, I've never, I don't really call it the, I never really called it. And even living sure. here, I've never really called it the big city. It, uh-huh. just, it is, it's the capital. It's Honolulu. It, yeah. You know, most people live on this island. So I guess by default, it kind of is. Um, but I think just the way of life is so different, Sure, you know, from, from one island to the next that. And there's such a clear dividing line over here between town and country. Mm-hmm. Maybe not mm-hmm. so much on the other islands. Yes. Um, town and country. I, I'll, I'll use Hawaii Island, for example. There, I, Maybe not a town and country, but I think you could say, for example, the difference in, in living between East Hawaii and West Hawaii. Yeah is so different big time um for a lot of reasons and actually in east hawaii there are differences in portions of that side of the island where living is different and you could say the same thing here big time um on on the windward side and how different it can be so um it's an interesting it's an intriguing question uh texter from the 291 actually says here i live on oahu um i learned this from former late pro wrestler ripper collins when i travel to the east side of the big island i say I'm going to high-low. High-low, the two words. It's actually oh. helo, but again, he's uh, he's going by what he learned from uh, Ripper Collins. It's the same person who, uh, who who texted yesterday and said he guesses I'm Portuguese. Yes, uh, wrestling is fake, as Hunter attests to. Yes, I know, and I still watch occasionally. And <laughs> take, it for, take it for what you will. Shout out to... Uh... Ripper Collins. That's, I guess, what we're taking away from that. It is, uh, (laughs) it is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu at ninety-two point seven FM and fourteen twenty AM. Hey, City Mills Power Tools sales event continues, and if you want to find out more about Dewalt professional grade power tools, the Dewalt Advantage, and how you can save with special pricing, meet the Dewalt rep at the Hawaii Kai City Mill uh, tomorrow, nine AM. To 1 p.m. Make sure you stop on by. We'll get another look at traffic here. Uh, coming up, quarterbacks uh, are going to get a new helmet in the NFL this year. The bigger story is not that. That's coming up off the bench. ESPN Honolulu. Coming up, new helmets. For quarterbacks in the National Football League, but maybe the bigger story is how we got there. Uh, that's coming up in a little while. We were going to get to it here. There is some developing news. Uh, this is from Brian McInnes at uh, Spectrum News. P-Mac. You've you've probably heard the mess that's gone on at, at Hawaii Pacific University. The mess that is, uh, A, I mean, 
let, let's go back a little bit. You had an investigation into former women's basketball coach Reed Takatsuka um, that ultimately led to him being out, and there was kind of a, a somewhat of a turnaround after last year. They hired a new coach who was formerly in Division Three. Uh, her name was uh, Katie Novak. Uh, she has now left uh, on her own accord, allegedly. This is according to uh, Spectrum, uh, Spectrum News. Uh, this is around the same time that a number of other things happened. The men's basketball coach, who was at one point an interim women's basketball coach two seasons ago, and Darren Vorderbrugge retired. Um, and as was reported uh, first by Spectrum News, uh, the school and the athletic director have been named as defendants in discrimination lawsuits filed in Oahu First uh, Circuit Court uh, by both former coach Takatsuka and uh, the current cross-country coach, uh, Jackie Sambadi, uh, back on March 6th and April 5th, respectively. Uh, they sued for alleged discriminatory and retaliatory behavior. Uh, they're looking for uh, seeking damages for their reputations and lost wages. As um, one former coach called it, quote, a pattern of conduct that violated university uh, policy. Uh, that was what Reed Takatsuka was fired for. Um, HP was denied wrongdoing. This is a mess. Um, and when you have a successful coach who takes a program that was in complete disarray, comes in for a year, is able to, to, to recruit in an eventual conference player of the year in women's basketball, uh, you know, get a... It wasn't a great record, but going uh, 14 and 14 after the mess of the previous year is still pretty remarkable. And then decide to leave shows how little confidence there is, I think, in in, in an athletic department that right now is just it, 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 it seems at least publicly in shambles um, with uh, uh, what appears to be an all-time low in, in confidence level and a former coach and a current coach suing for uh, for damages and lost wages, um, it does make you wonder what else, you know? Um, you know that song, Toxic, by Britney Spears? Do I we, do. Do, do, we, do we have that? Uh, probably play? not. Okay. Um, for probably good reason. Yeah. Um, I think of that song, though, when you're describing everything going on with, with HPU's uh, women's basketball program right now. Well, it's not the women's. I mean, the women's basketball program is, uh, I, I think, seen its share of better days, but it's not just the women's basketball program. It's the department in general. Well, if, you know, the school and the athletic uh, director are both defendants in a lawsuit and they are, are – presumed innocent until guilty is of you know of course you know how that saying goes um but when novak you know said it you know she at one point talked about things behind the scenes that were you know that were there and, and kind of in the midst of what was going on um hard to coach through that hard to work through that um, I can't imagine for any coach, and when you get to the Division Two and Division Three level and on down, yeah. um, it, it, it's it's more of a labor of love than it is coaching for a truly respectable salary. When you have all of this noise and unfortunate stuff around that, um, 
that labor of love because you know it's not really about the money. That labor of love becomes harder and harder and harder to endure. And that's what's going to make it really tough to even think about the idea of, hey, um, you're going to have to hire someone amidst this mess. Yeah. How are you going to do that? How are how how are you going to hire someone who is going to want to work there in the mess that that program is in? That's the kind of stuff with all the allegations swirling, whatever is or isn't true, that can set a program, an entirety of a program, not just one sport, back for years. And, and I, I think that's the concern right now I, I think HPU is in. That's a, a really messy situation that... Um, they have to figure their way out through, uh, and, and we'll see if they do. Uh, you're going to be at Dave & Buster's on Saturday. Max Holloway is in action against Arnold Allen. Uh, 2.30 is when that uh, main card starts. You can watch it on the 40-foot wow wall there at Dave & Buster's. Check wow. it out. Uh, <laughs> you, you've, you've perfected the wow part uh, with ESPN Honolulu, KHON2, and uh, K-High. Traffic, helmets, ESPN Honolulu. All right, so we had a goal here. We would try to take all the positive energy Christina Kim gave us last hour and try to, you know, pass it on to Allison Corpus to try to get her to make the cut at the Lotte Championship presented by Hawakale. I think we channeled the wrong energy. You know, we we, we sent uh, whatever was in door number two instead of door number one, you know, like in Let's Make a Deal. Tan- right. Tanner wouldn't know that game show. Um <laughs> We set door number two instead of door number one, and unfortunately, uh, it's uh, it's looking a little rough for Allison Corpus. Whatever uh, energy you throw at number eight or Hawkeye, which is playing as number seventeen, mm-hmm. it will throw it right back at you and make you question if you want to play golf anymore. Yeah, her chances of making the cut now are very slim. Bogeyed sixteen, which yeah. is the par four. Bogeyed the par four seventeenth, so she is four over par. With one hole to go, the cut line right now is at two. So the hope is you're somehow able to see the cut line drop one more line because it was one over earlier. It dropped down one stroke to two over. Um, Birdie 18, maybe hope there's a sag in the cut line one more time down to three over, and then you kind of back your way. It is. An eagle helps there, too, if you're able to get it. That's impressive if you eagle 18. Right, right. And there's still a decent amount of golfers on the course, too. So um, it's going to be tough. We'll see what she's she's able to do, and uh, we'll probably have an update on, uh, on her second round. We'll see if it's her final round. Or if she's got some hope of getting into the, uh, I, I keep saying the weekend. I'm so used to the yeah. Thursday through Sunday grind because it's our weekend. It's our Friday today. I think it's okay. They know what we're talking about. To get into the quote unquote weekend, Friday Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Um, she'll need a birdie to give herself at at least a chance uh, coming up here on 18. Some news today from uh, from the National Football League, mm-hmm. and you know, technically the story is. The uh, you know quarterbacks are going to get some different helmets, some helmets that have been approved. That the goal is supposed to be to help reduce the amount of concussions that quarterbacks get in the NFL. And and unfortunately, anytime you see the story, whether it is in social, whether it is in print, 
uh, whether it is on on television, the first person you see is Tua. Tua. Uh, because of the uh, the concussions he suffered last year, there you know, one that may not have been a concussion. I think that's the one that they said was a back issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, he is kind of the poster boy for. Um, I'll choose to to call it a little bit differently. He is the poster boy for change, because no one wants to see. Him get Some, thrown around like he's on WrestleMania? Yes. Whether it is him, no one wants to see anything happen to another quarterback like it happened to him. Yeah. So um, they have approved this new helmet to reduce these concussions um, or these or um, quarterback. It's a quarterback-specific helmet. It's manufactured by a group called Vices. They say it reduces severity of helmet-to-ground impacts. The league says that accounts for about half of quarterback concussions. Um, They also say some of the numbers, the helmet performed 7% better than the most popular helmet worn by quarterbacks last season. Is it going to be required? Uh, That's a good question. I I, I think it's it's been approved for use. It doesn't say it's been required, but I, I think there is a bigger story in here. The bigger story is that the Players Association agreed to it mm-hmm. because you kind of hinted it a little bit. Um, many players are creatures of habit. They like a, a, a helmet that feels comfortable to them. Um, you know, This had come up with Tua last year, you may recall, and there was a question about the helmet that he used. And if I remember correctly, the helmet he used was actually not one of the worst-rated helmets. Um, it was kind of more toward the middle. Um, but there was talk about the the use of the helmet, and, and it's come up here and there over the last couple of years, that can you get some of these players to buy in to wearing something that may, maybe it's not about how good it feels or how comfortable they've been accustomed to it over the last couple of years. They are open to something different. They are open to something that is more safe. Hmm. And, you know, the league... Uh, was was on board with it, and the Players Association is on board with it. And to me, that is the bigger part of the story, is not necessarily that there is a helmet that can reduce um, you know, concussions. We're, technology is going to keep leading us there more and more. It's that the NFLPA is open to some adjustments and open to something different, and I think that is needed in this game, um, kind of like in every other sport, with how you want to limit some of these severe injuries. You have to have the players open to it, and I think this is a start. Yeah, you know, equipment's an, an interesting discussion in football because depending on when you come into the league, if that subsequent chin strap, helmet, shoulder pad has been later outlawed, you are still allowed to wear that type of equipment currently because it was allowed when you first started. Uh-huh. So like Aaron Rodgers, for instance, his helmet and chin strap, no one else in the league can wear that combination on their head any longer it's been outlawed they they've moved technology past it so um he's not going to change that up um before you even went down the tua uh avenue i would say with this conversation i wondered if they are going to nickname this helmet the tua helmet just because it's in light of everything that mm-hmm. has gone down with him. That really accelerated the conversation. That's exactly right. Um, I think we'll, we'll, we'll just start to see, you know, playability, who's actually putting it into use. I guarantee we're going to see Tua wearing that helmet. 
um, maybe not even by his choice, but the team. That, that's exactly right. And him playing last year, they probably would have gone a little bit deeper. Um, I really think him single-handedly not being healthy kept them from going deeper into the playoffs. Um, another uh, equipment thing that's been new is that clavicle thing on the back of players' necks. Uh-huh. We, we saw Pollard wearing it. It's um, almost like uh, uh, the, the, the best description that I can have for it is like a half ring sitting on a player's neck. Um, it's not quite like the 80s um, Bosworth right, neck right. You know, brace that – just looks like a shield on the back of his head. It's not that. It literally just looks like a ring that's been clamped onto a player's neck. Mm-hmm. And you start to see uh, different players on the Cowboys use it the last couple of seasons. And now it's kind of trickled uh, across the league. We're going to start seeing probably more of that too because that is also uh, a concussion-preventing um, device. You know, I, I think you hit on something important, though. Um, you can't fully embrace equipment changes un- until you rip yourself away from the past. Mm. So when you give the Aaron Rodgers example for yeah. being grandfathered into something that maybe right now is kind of deemed unsafe as compared to everything else or obsolete. Correct. Yeah. You are still allowing yourself to be liable for something to go wrong that could lead to a potentially significant injury. Um, I, I, again, I, I get players have their comfort zones that they don't want anybody infringing upon, but you can't fully you know, you can't fully move forward until you tell some of these players, yes, even you, Aaron Rodgers, I know you've loved wearing that helmet for so long, but it's time to move on mm. because we don't deem that safe as compared to what a lot of other, you know, a lot of other helmets are doing and we need to move the entire league on. You can't hold us back. Yeah, I, I'm more on the side of what's safest for everybody yes. than what's comfortable. For comfortable. Yeah, I'm or, with you there. Or even it's not even a question of comfortable. You know, like the the tip top guys care about what the helmet looks like. Yeah, more than what it actually functions as. Uh, and I, as a walk-on at, at a, a Division One program, I got last choice for the helmet. They gave me an offensive lineman helmet uh, whenever I was there, which never happens for quarterbacks. So I'll, I'll be the last one to say helmet uh, optics are important even to look at. It doesn't affect the way you throw the ball. Okay, um, being that I never played football, yeah. um, what is it? What makes an offensive line helmet different than a quarterback helmet? It's massive. Okay. Uh, very um, visually unappealing. <laughs> There's, you know, Patrick Mahomes' helmet has all those kind of like cuts yeah. and uh, indents. Um, those are usually reserved for um, position players, okay. receivers, running backs, DBs, safeties. The offensive line helmets are basic looking. I figured, I figured helmets were just helmets that were – you know, they they kind of go by what your head size is. I, I you know I would have never thought. Okay, different positions have helmets that are you know are, are manufactured differently. I would think quarterbacks, and now I think that way. But a lot of other positions, I wouldn't have thought that. Yep. Now the the type of hits from linemen generally, again, th- this is just a general statement. Yeah. 
the hits from offensive linemen are usually not quite as intense or open field because there's not a lot of uh, forward movement that's coming exactly in. It's right. Just, it's there's not a lot of a lot ramp of up to smack an offensive lineman as say a running back running full speed and then a linebacker or a safety running full speed to then hit him as well. So some of those cuts and technologies and the design of some of the new helmets are designed to kind of help with that impact. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, as the uh, the resident walk on in the room, they 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 gave me the the last one that they had in you know back in the equipment room against the wall. So, <laughs> oh gosh, I was happy to have it. So you were a quarterback wearing an offensive lineman and got helmet. crap from it from my my running backs all day. That's great, man. Hunt, you got to get a new helmet, man. We can't take you seriously wearing that offensive line piece of crap. Yeah, this this. Um all this is doing is furthering the off the bench moniker that you've that you have had created and that has now seeped into this radio show. There we go. It's it, I, I these are things that I never knew that are are only building the the off the bench brand that uh, that you have certainly created here. Um let's uh let's get you into the seats for Friday. Uh, we've got University of Hawaii men's volleyball against UC San Diego. We've got two tickets to give away for a Friday's match against the Tritons of UCSD. So uh, dial in. Uh, we'll do caller number five at 808-296-1420. Uh, your chance to score tickets to tomorrow night's volleyball match right here on Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, before we do our final words, we want to tell you about City Mills Power Tools sales event. If you want to find out more about DeWalt Professional Grade Power Tools, the DeWalt Advantage and how you can save with special pricing. Meet the DeWalt rep at the Hawaii Kai City Mill tomorrow, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Make sure you check that out. Traffic right here. Final words in a moment. It's off the bench. ESPN Honolulu. Hey, congratulations to uh, Janine from Waipahu. She's going to help pack the stand tomorrow night for uh, University of Hawaii men's volleyball between Hawaii and UC San Diego. Uh, Be listening tomorrow morning, the Sports Animals in the Morning with uh, Gary Dickman and uh, substitute guest host Tanner Hayworth. Uh, Chris Hart is on another well-deserved vacation day. And I can say that because I saw him today and... uh, no other reason other than that to say <laughs> another well-deserved vacation day uh, for uh, for for Chris Hart. So uh, Gary and Tanner have got tickets to give away uh, tomorrow. Uh, let's talk sports with uh, Kanoa Leahy and whoever he's got with him tomorrow. If they remember, we'll have stuff to give away tomorrow. They forgot today. We don't need to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Janine's going to check out volleyball tomorrow night. Uh, before our final words today, um, let's 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 manage some business. Allison Corpus, birdie the 18th. At Hawakale, uh, so she's to three over par. The bad news, the cut line is at two over. Mm. And even though the LPGA actually changed its cut rules for full field events, it used to be top 60 in ties. It's now, uh, um, or was it, it's now top 65 in ties. Um, two over par, it's a tie for 62nd. There, well, let's put it this way: there are about what fifteen golfers in a tie for sixty-second, and only three of them are still in the course. So, barring some kind of a miracle, um, 
Allison's not going to make the quote-unquote weekend. But uh, good for her to finish the way she did. I mean, she ultimately will shoot a 76 today, uh, four over par round, three over for the uh, for the Lotte. Um, but she was kind of bobbing and weaving there in the uh, the back uh, back nine to kind of make it interesting, even though she looks like she will miss the cut. Um, that's 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 big uh, to birdie the uh, par five 18th. So uh, absolutely, kudos to her for she making went that out swinging. She did that back nine was an adventure. Uh, uh, there's there's no other way to put it. It was um, bogey bogey par par birdie birdie par par. No, I'm sorry. Let me do that again. Dance, dance, revolutions in my head. <laughs> bogey, bogey, par, par, birdie, birdie, bogey, bogey, birdie. That's it. To uh, she, she shot a, a one over par thirty-seven in the back nine. I've been a resident of the bogey train. <laughs> it's tough to get off whenever you've uh, you stamp that ticket at times. It's a little easier to go bogey, 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 as compared to what I just tried to do was dance around everything. Uh, that's that's a little tougher. Um, one more here. Scott texts in at 808-296-1420. He says, do you guys think Tua should stop playing quarterback and start thinking about life after football like family? Too much hits to the head. CTE is scary. Uh, I'll answer that first. Um, I think Tua will do or should do what he wants to do. Uh, Tua is a, a young man. He is younger than you and I. Yeah. And, um, you know, when he feels it's to a point where he no longer can go, uh, his word, uh, more than his family's word, more more than the word of his parents. His word to me matters most. Yeah. And if he feels like he can go, by all means, go. Be be careful. Um, you know, don't be stubborn, but give it a go. Um, you know, we don't know if if he's going to get CTE or not, and I don't I don't want people to start you know throwing the 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 letters CTE. Yeah. Um, you know, just it's throwing different it around. Case to case. Yes. And I think there are people who throw it around sometimes when they see, you know, athletes who are alive, who find themselves in tough situations. And we don't know. Um, it, it, it's kind of a dangerous thing to bring up and it's a presumptive thing to bring up. And I don't want people to kind of get into that situation. So, um, it, it was a tough year for him, but if he feels like he can play and can do so responsibly, that's up to him. Go for it. That's right. It, it's really up to him. If you ask the majority of professional athletes if they would be willing to put their body on the line for the sake of making generational money for their family, I would argue the majority of them would say, where's the pen? I'm signing the contract. Mm-hmm. So it's really not for us to say at all. It's completely up to him if he wants to continue to play. So and it all signs point to him being the starting quarterback in, in uh, Miami next year. All right. Uh, final words. Hunter, you're first. We don't often get to talk about hockey. I'll make it really brief. Okay. Jonathan. I feel like this is a little bit rebellious here. No, no, Final no. words. Hey, hockey. We're done for the weekend. You can't do anything to it's me. Just, hockey. Th- this is important for me as a Blackhawks guy. I'm okay. from Chicago. Jonathan Taves, our longtime center. Uh, we're not going to be returning his contract after this season. He played his last home game at the United Center mm-hmm. and scored, um, which, w- w- what's the big deal? Well, he was a part of that core group of guys that brought three Stanley Cups in the matter of four years for us. Um, 
or uh, five, I should say. We won in 2010, 2013, and 2015. Mm-hmm. And uh, Captain Sirius, we're going to miss you, man. You, you, he meant a whole lot to our city. Captain Sirius. Yeah. Okay. Why well, was, I mean, I, I follow a little bit of hockey, but why, why is he called Captain Sirius? Because he was stone cold whenever you looked at him. He okay. was serious all the time. Okay. Um, it's also noteworthy that uh, we do have hockey on here in the room. Yeah. Um, the Stanley Cup playoffs begin on Monday. So uh, I know we're we're going to be battling. There, there's a, it's a good thing that that remote doesn't control anything. Uh, <laughs> the remote is controlled in the other room. And so I'm probably going to be battling for the NBA postseason. You're going to be battling for the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, uh, Not the ref- now, because the, the, no? the Hawks aren't in it. Oh, okay, so you don't care. I All don't right. care. Okay, all right. So this is just for show, then. Yeah. Um, hockey will not appear in our studios unless it is the final, and there's nothing uh, conflicting with the final. I'm cool with that. Yep. Um, my final word as we head to the weekend. Oh, man. Um, you know, I, I, great get, by the way, um, getting Christina Kim. Thanks, uh, if you If you missed it, check it out. Uh, off the bench on demand at ESPNHonolulu.com. Um, I, if you're in a rut today or if you know someone who's in a rut of any kind, yeah. um, take that audio, send them a link to the show on demand and give them that to listen to and say, hey, um, if you need a little pick me up, listen to this golfer or need who, to find joy in your thing, yes. whatever your thing is. She, she's an inspiration for that. Listen to to this golfer who is competing right in the top five. Um, they're at the Lotte Championship. Will will uh, be competing for that title. She hasn't really competed near the top of a leaderboard in a while, but here she is enjoying golf like it was in her rookie year back in 2003 in the LPGA. Take a listen to that, and I think I I, I won't guarantee, but I'll say I think there's a pretty good chance that you're going to feel like you're in a better position uh, to enjoy life. Based on that, uh, next Wednesday, the really big road show at Growler Hawaii. Uh, we'll be there from 5 to 7 p.m. Bailey Choi, former uh, Rainbow Wahine volleyball player, more sec, current men's basketball player, uh, and more. And hopefully, you uh, will be down there uh, to enjoy some great food, some great drinks, and a lot of fun and prizes 5 to 7 p.m. Uh, next Wednesday. Partner, uh, we've got tomorrow off. Enjoy the long weekend. We'll see each other for a full show on Monday. Sounds good. And uh, actually in person. This long distance stuff we've been doing for a while. Uh, Coming up next, it's Freddie and Fitzsimmons.